We're back. Like I said last time, for our 45th and 46th episodes, I wanted to stop and take a moment to express our appreciation for you as listeners. If you haven't yet listened to STEM episode 45, Greatest Hits Part 1, I suggest you stop and listen. This one doesn't necessarily build on it, but it's definitely a follow-up. For the STEM Greenhouse podcast, these two episodes wrap up our second year bringing you timely and relevant content. Insider tips for greenhouse pros. And over these two years and 45 episodes, you've downloaded us more than 15,500 times, and for that, I'm very grateful. One question I often get when attending events or talking to folks about the STEM podcast is what are the best episodes to start with? You know, I definitely have my favorites, but really the most objective way for me to answer is to look at the download numbers. And when I see a spike or, you know, I, I see an uptick in the number of downloads, I know listeners are sharing the episode and that tells me the topic is of importance to everybody in the greenhouse industry, whether you're growers, retailers, landscapers, whatever your role may be. So over the course of this episode and the last these shorter holiday episodes, I wanted to share STEM Greenhouse Podcast Greatest Hits, what I consider the 12 most downloaded episodes, and these actually account for more than 6,000 of the total downloads. Like I did last time in this episode, I'm going to touch on some of the highlights in terms of what the guests and I discussed, as well as why I felt each episode made the list. And once again, all the past episode links will be in the show notes so you can go back and check them out. So again, I'm super thankful to you all as listeners, thankful to all the guests, and I'm thankful for our industry. I'm also thankful to have the opportunities to learn about these different topics and to discuss them in depth with uh, experts on each one. So again, here is part two of our top 12 STEM Greenhouse podcast episodes as chosen by you, the listeners. Okay, so we've got six episodes to cover. Actually, it's more than six because some of the episodes had multiple parts. But the first one that I wanted to bring up was really an exciting one for me because I love new varieties and I know that the industry does as well. So I was really happy to speak with uh, Jim Kennedy, the sales manager uh, for North America with Ball Seed. And our topic was new innovations for 2019 and beyond. And it was episode number seven. If anybody knows Jim, you know that he is a plant guy. He's got experience growing crops at all stages of the game from young plants up through finished products. Uh, He was born and raised on a farm in New York State. He's a great sports fan, and we talked a little bit about some of his favorite players of all time. But what we really did was dig into new varieties. And it was really kind of fun because we started by discussing, you know, where, where Jim saw the trends and, and he mentioned plants that do things, whether they were edibles or fragrant or pollinator plants. And then he talked a lot about breeding and how breeding is getting more scientific with a lot of discipline. There are Me Too products being bred, of course, but he definitely wanted to, to touch on the new innovations and how this extremely scientific plant breeding is bringing some really amazing new genetics to market. We discussed the reliability of supply chains because that is critical. You can breed the best plants in the world, but if you can't bring them to market, eh, what's it really worth? 
He talked about how there's really no room for mistakes and how when you select new varieties, you want to make sure that they're, you know, if it's a seed product, that there's seed in the bag, that this is a product that is available. And also he discussed the importance of production trials, you know, how these products root, you know, are they actually going to be producible in a greenhouse? We talked a lot about how products that look good at spring trials might not be applicable to all greenhouses. We are a regional industry after all. Jim discussed the percentage of the mix that new products should make up in your full portfolio. He said, you know, you don't, you don't want to go too high because you really want to, you still want to maintain that baseline of great saleable products, but you don't want to go too low in terms of percentage of new products because then you are not taking advantage of innovation. But what was really most critical is that you actually track the percentage of new products in your mix. It really comes down to assortment management in Jim's mind. We discussed, uh, like I said, the scientific advances and how breeders are very much using science to bring new products to market. And Jim called out the beacon and patience from Pan American Seed as true breakthroughs and sun patience, how these products are actually working with science to bring products to market. And then, of course, we spent some time on his favorite new genetics uh, that have been released in the past few years. He called out Big Blue Salvia, the Firehouse series of Verbena, Portofino Hybrid Begonias, Supercal Premium, uh, Petunia Calibrocoa Cross, uh, New Aqualesia with uh, the faces of the flower actually pointing up. Uh, Jim called out Calliope Geraniums as a strong and expanding category and Easy Wave Red as a true performance improvement. Talked about the importance of hybrid vigor and some of the F1 genetics coming to market. This was a lot of fun and a fantastic discussion and one that generated hundreds and hundreds of downloads. So I know it's one you're going to want to go back and check out. So go ahead, check out episode number seven, New Innovations for 2019 and Beyond with Jim Kennedy. The next group of uh, uh, podcasts I wanted to touch on all have to do with poinsettias. And I know that is an important uh, crop for many, many reasons for many greenhouses. And in episode 15, we discussed selection and production, poinsettia selection and production with Gary Vollmer, who works with Selecta One. And Gary's a fantastic storyteller. We really had a fun time recording this episode. And it really came down to the fact that he explained there's a lot of dollars and units driven by poinsettias and, and how important that makes the crop. He talked a little bit about the history. Um, Gary's been growing poinsettias for many, many years, decades, in fact. And he talked about going back to the 80s um, when a, a, the pinched plant really changed everything. And, and he even went back a little bit further and talked about some of the multi-stem standards and unpinched varieties. And uh, we really had a nice discussion talking about the history of this crop. He talked about how important the mass market has been in changing the breeding and production of poinsettias and how... The holidays really last from uh, the last week of November up through the end of the year, the importance of Black Friday, and also the importance of the larger poinsettias coming to market that we, that we see at the mass market stores. He talked about the, the market for niche varieties and, and the colors, whether they're marbles or jingle types, and how these are in uh, some of the inner specifics and the pinks and whites, and how these have really helped round out the category, but it still comes down to red obviously, in, in all sorts of markets. He discussed the European markets, 
that really have a hunger for the brighter reds and the North, North American market and, and what types of reds are, are of most interest. We talked about sizes and the, you know, the fact that we see so many six inch or six and a half inch in a pot color, pot cover and a sleeve. And these are really the volume drivers, but also a trend in the four inch uh, market really increasing with the, uh, the need for dish gardens. We talked about uh, the importance of the 8-inch market and even the larger sizes that we're seeing uh, gain popularity these days. We discussed the number two color, white, is a very strong number two and really the foundation for painted poinsettias, which are still seen in many, many retail stores. Gary also touched a lot on the breeding and the reason why poinsettia breeding continues to move forward and the regional performance that can be achieved through new breeding and how the breeders are really looking at targets, how to hit different sales windows and different vigor points with the new genetics coming to market. I thought that was a really interesting part of the the podcast and really digging into why why and how breeders are, are going after this product. Gary did have some uh, thoughts on why poinsettia production's changed and how it's changed in the past uh, 10 years and how products are being grown now with better roots and utilizing the nutrition much better. He discussed better branching and how the roots are actually in the new genetics, a little bit more forgiving to salt levels and how this has changed uh, uh, the growing a little bit. He did give some tips about continuing to feed resulting in better post-harvest and, and uh, performance on the bench. Some of the uh, tips and culture tips that he gave were about uh, phosphorus. Um, he said that uh, very often he sees the products being consistently deficient in uh, phosphorus. He gave some pinching tips to how to improve branching and a little bit stronger performance. He recommended no hard pinch and pinching earlier, uh, day 10 to 14, and pinch uh, one more branch than you want. Talked a lot about the fact that this crop is really performing well in greenhouses, especially with the new genetics, a lot of the new production techniques. He also had uh, different tips for finding a way to sell more poinsettias and seeing uh, more people growing for various different outlets, not just for garden centers, but for other Uh, opportunities to sell these products. So again, this was a a lot of fun. Gary is a great storyteller. I suggest you check out episode 15, Poinsettia Selection and Production with Gary to sort of get a baseline for our discussion of poinsettias that actually uh, continued on in some other episodes later on in the uh, history of STEM. We conducted a three, or I'm sorry, a two-part series on success with poinsettias with Dr. Will Healy and Dr. Todd Cavins, and these were episodes number 40 and 41, and these really dug into production topics. So where Gary talked a lot about the trends and the, the breeding, these two episodes were really hardcore poinsettia production. We started with Dr. Will Healy in part one, where we we focused a lot on starting that plant, um, creating uh, the best plant right from the start. Uh, We talked about nutrition management. We talked about uh, fertilizer a lot. This was really the the main topic of this uh, discussion of of poinsettias part one. Uh, One of the main tips that Will continued to give throughout the podcast was you've got to walk your crop. 
You absolutely have to touch and feel these products, take them out of the pots, look at the roots, keep a really close eye on this crop. He talked about the fact that withholding feed is a bad strategy when, when it comes to poinsettias. Talked about uh, the importance of micronutrients and talked a lot about pH. Uh, he talked about the different visible things that you can see when you walk this crop and how these uh, some of these visible um, indicators are very critical for starting a strong poinsettia crop. Talked about front-loading fertilizer, talked a lot about watering, and then he spent a lot of time talking about how to, uh, how to understand the way that your poinsettias are going to size up. Because you really need to start with the goal in mind when you begin this poinsettia crop. If you want a big, uh, hardy plant, you need to make sure that you are producing it to, to, to grow in that shape, uh, which I thought was really kind of an interesting, interesting thought. Will talked about the importance of growing in that pyramid shape. Then the following episode, we talked about poinsettias with Dr. Todd Cavins. And he really got into making sure the crop finishes strong. So Will uh, touched on the start of the crop and some of the early stages. Todd moved on to talk about finishing a strong poinsettia crop. He said it was a really exciting time in the greenhouse and a transition time and an adjustment time. He touched on the importance of measuring. So make sure that you are literally physically measuring the height of that crop so that you can track it graphically to make sure that you're going to hit the right spec. And Ball did create a tool, a graphical tracking spreadsheet tool that we referenced in the episode and that you'll find in the show notes. Todd mentioned the growth management starts at the pinch and that you always need to keep a close eye on the crop and make sure that you're pinching on time. What plant base did you build? He talked about using spacing and temperature to really drive this crop along. He mentioned the importance of variety selection. Uh, when it comes to sizing and, and creating the right points out of structure, he dug uh, deep into micro drenches as a new strategy. So I think that if you're, you've been interested in micro drenching your crop using uh, PGRs, that you're going to want to listen to this episode. He got into some of the common pests in the greenhouse uh, during the finishing stages of your poinsettia crop, like white flies, and to understand the hot spots in your greenhouse. Spent a lot of time on lighting and PGRs. Uh, Todd is really an expert on, on growth regulators. So if you have any questions about poinsettia growth regulation, this is a great episode to listen to. When it comes to pests, you got to make sure you're scouting, you're determining the right chemicals, and determining the best time to apply. I think that if you, uh, you get through these, these two episodes on poinsettias, there's no doubt you're going to be in a much better position to grow the absolute best poinsettia crop you, you, you can. So go ahead, go back, listen to episodes 40 and 41 on success with poinsettias, and you will not be disappointed. Another deep dive into a seasonal crop that drew tons and tons of downloads was our series. This was a three-part series on garden mum production. They are episodes 30, 35, and 37, all with Dr. Will Healy. He's probably our guest that's been on STEM the most times. We started our the first uh, part of the series talking about propagating mums for the best vegetative growth. Then we moved into growing them successfully during uh, when short days start and creating that strong uh, growth and catching problems early and then finished up episode three with a strong finish and timing. 
some of the most important uh, messages coming out of the, the first part of the series was the importance of temperature and feeding. And I would say those were probably the, the two key topics addressed in episode number one of this three-part series. He talked about how the importance of, of, of nutrients early on producing um, kind of like a piggy bank for the crop to draw from throughout its life, feeding for big leaves, and uh, understanding that when you put fertilizer in the soil, it doesn't immediately move to the young foliage because uh, the nutrients are translocated. So you want to feed for the big leaves. Talked about what uh, your feed regime should look like and what it should not look like. Touched on chrysanthemum white rust as a, as a problem and it's certainly a, a huge issue in a greenhouse. And, and we linked to some white papers that Balls produced and some other researchers have produced to help us with this problem. So yes. Keys to success, temperature, make sure it's hot enough, and fertilize because mums are a heavy feeder early. You want to keep them hot in propagation. And we'll also touch on the importance uh, of the new genetics coming to market um, and how well they branch. So especially with a lot of the new genetics, make sure you keep those temperatures up. In part two, we moved uh, a little bit more into... Um, how to grow this crop and how to keep this crop actively growing in the greenhouse, how to make sure you're on track to hit those specs. Uh, Will has a, a very unique way of presenting. He's seen a lot of crops and he's great at calling out some of the problems that he's seen and ways to solve for these problems. Talked about how important it is to select your mums for early, mid and late season because you're not shipping them all at once. And, there are, and the genetics are out there to make sure that you hit these different time periods. There are specific mums developed for different time periods. Talked about testing today and test, testing today and looking at what, what your crop looks like versus yesterday. Kind of like poinsettias, we have a graphical tracking tool at Ball that will really help you with your mum production and keeping you on track. Talked about what to do if your crop is too tall and talked about what to do if your crop is too short. And really got uh, deep into those two topics, uh, way more so than I'm going to get into right now. So definitely go back and listen to uh, episode two of the MUM series if you are struggling with uh, height control on your crops. Talked about some other problems to watch for. Is your soil too wet? Make sure you're checking those roots. Um, we talked a lot about um, how to tell if you're on track, measuring EC, and uh Certainly, any resources available from Ball to help you with this. We do have a lot of mum resources, and Will was very quick to touch on the ones that are that are easily available. So for episode three, we moved on to finishing the crop. So Will's biggest advice during this time is be a hands-on grower. Walk and examine your crop, and you're going to know where the problems lie. Say so he explained that mums have a long shelf life at retail, so you want to make sure that when you're sending them out the door, there's enough color for the customer to determine what they're buying. So maybe 25% color, and that's really where the value lies and where we see the biggest sell-through on, on garden mums. Talked a lot about creating a nice root mass and the importance of driving roots all the way to the bottom of the pot and how to do that. Will gave a lot of tips and tricks in his own conversational way that will be great to share with your entire mum production team. Again, we talked about the importance of temperature. Are you growing monster mums or mini, mini mums or right in the middle and how temperature can play a big role in that? Talked about uh, using short days to grow a, a healthier crop. Talked about black cloth, 
and uh, the importance of when when to use black cloth to initiate uh, the flowers and the different types of black cloth available. Talked about how PGRs affect flowering time and then also touched a lot about potential problems in insects, whether it's leaf miner, thrips, aphids, you know, whatever it may be, Will had, uh, had an idea and a solution for um, getting yourself out of these traps. I really enjoyed the end of the conversation where Will gave some post-harvest tips. So, you know, what to do when you're shipping these uh, mums out to retail. He said, pack your truck in the morning in a shady area. This is going to be a, a key to keeping those uh, plants healthy before they hit the retail store and then water them in with cold water because a lot of times you're shipping these in heat and you really want to water them in cold to keep them as healthy as they can until they hit the retailer. I guess his uh, his his final piece of his advice was the importance of monitoring and, and really how this should drive your decision making. So track, scout, walk your crop, really keep on top of this one and you will have uh, fewer, fewer problems than, than you would otherwise. So again, this was a three-part series on garden mums. We started with propagation, we moved into the actively growing crop, and then finished strong in episode number three in the series. So go back and check out if you grow mums, you're going to want to listen to this three-part series. It got almost 1,000 total downloads, episode 30, 35, and 37, Growing Your Best Mom, Mom Crop Ever with Dr. Will Healy. For the final two, I wanted to have a little bit of fun because they were two of the most fun episodes that we did. You know, you can talk poinsettias, you can talk garden mums, and, and those are certainly critical topics to cover and, uh, and, and important for just about every grower. But another thing that's important for every grower is selling your plants. And I was really excited to have a fun discussion with Tanya Carvalho from Ballflower Plant and Selecta. Tanya has a great retail background, a fantastic uh, production sense, and really knows crops inside and out. But what I really wanted to talk to her about was how to have fun and how to bring some excitement to retail and ways that growers can drive that retail excitement. She talked uh, a little bit about some events that she's been to. One event that she uh, that she attended uh, drew more than 100,000 people over the course of the, of the Christmas season at, at, a, at a greenhouse in Canada called a Glow event. It was really, it was an indoor light festival. And just to hear her explain how much fun this festival was really got me excited. And I know got the listeners excited because we saw Oh man, 400 plus downloads of this episode within a week of, of when it went out. She talked a lot about growers and garden centers working together, which is really exciting. Um, and, and all working together to attract customers and uh, drive interest and inspiration in the products that, that the greenhouse is selling. She recommended that growers set their bar higher. Independent garden centers and a lot of the retailers she worked with draw high quality consumers. And they buy really good, fun, exciting, inspirational new genetics. So in order to meet those needs, growers really need to bring their A-game to these products. You know, an, an okay product is not okay when you're dealing with a high-end customer base and everybody considers themselves a uh, high-end shopper. She talked about uh, a full cycle retail experience. So not just great products, but a great staff, great education really good, fun marketing, a nice store experience, and how um, I liked the way that one of the things she said in the podcast was having a knowledgeable employee have a conversation 
is so much more uh, customer friendly than sending them off to spend an hour on Google trying to figure out how to uh, to grow a plant or keep a plant alight alive. She talked about this fact that this more demanded consumer is is great for our industry because we have a lot of knowledgeable people and fun and exciting products to meet those needs. She called out some of her favorite plants, um, foliage plants. You know, Tanya is really a big fan of that boom without the bloom. And she talked a lot about that. I mean, everything from coleus to even, you know, big Boston fern baskets for the shade. All of these give a, a huge value to the, to the end user. Talked about Mystic Salvia and how much of an exciting product that was. And then the fact that pollinator plants really creates kind of a family concept, something that everybody can get around. So I really had fun talking with Tanya. We talked a lot about holiday retail. So if you are looking to uh, add some excitement to your holiday products, partner with the garden centers that you sell to, or if you're a retailer, really step up your, uh, your experience game, I would certainly check out episode 23, Tanya Brings the Wow. Last but certainly not least was our very first episode, which over the grand, over the grand scheme of things has drawn hundreds, probably more than five or 600 downloads. And it was Drama in the Garden, Drama in the Garden with Dr. Marvin Miller, in episode number one. It was a really fun episode to record. I'll admit that it was my first podcast, so I was probably it was probably not as conversational as it could have been. But we actually followed it up uh, many episodes later with Dr. Marvin Miller unplugged another episode you should check out. But this first one, it was full of data. Marvin started really by talking about the millennial audience, that 18 to 34 consumer, and how that was the second most involved demographic in gardening after baby boomers. He talked about some anecdotal and some research-based information about how a lot of these uh, uh, millennial gardeners got their start through edibles, vegetables, and herbs, um, but are certainly moving into the flower market. He was really excited about the fact that gardening... Um, vegetable gardening specifically is anticipatory, meaning that millennial customer is planting those those plants and then has to wait for the outcome. And how this actually is sort of an antidote to the uh, instant gratification that we always talk about in society these days. And then Marvin really got into the meat of what he wanted to discuss in the podcast, which was the fact that when he talks to young people and, he, and talks to retailers across the industry, there is a little bit of a uh, um, I guess a challenge that, that folks have spending $4.99 or $5.99 for a four and a half inch annual. And it's an expensive price point. It kind of stifles their creativity. So Marvin's idea, which I really want you guys to think about and go back to the episode and listen, is to offer a smaller product, maybe an 1801 or a 306 jumbo pack, and then put those at a little bit lower price point. So it was kind of an interesting idea to use premium annuals at a little bit lower price point to drive uh, larger volume sales and give people the ability to buy more plants to really um, fuel their creativity. Marvin, of course, being uh, uh, a master of economics, got into the economics of this as well and how actually in, in the space in a greenhouse, the way his math worked out, you could probably generate $36 instead of $30 out of the exact same space if you transition some of your production from four and a half inch pots to 1801s or 306 jumbo packs. 
And not only will you make a little bit more money, you're going to send a product to market that might be more appealing to younger shoppers who have not hit their peak spending years and maybe uh, are looking for more bang for their buck. Some of the products that Marvin called out were New Guinea Impatience, Sun Patience, uh, Lantana, some of the larger ones, especially in hotter climates, some of the larger Vegetative Coleus, Perilla Megilla, Verbenas, Angelonia, Salvias, Landscape Begonias, even Petunias like Waves and Color Rush. But even said you might have some fun with things like Plectranthus, Sunflowers, and Snapdragons in these 1801 or 306 pack formats. Marvin's final advice was, when we talk to customers, remember we're trying to inspire them with all the colors, textures, and forms our plants have to offer. Make sure you talk to them about varying the heights, colors, and textures. Talk to them about how their garden bed's going to evolve. Then if it evolves, they're going to stay more attentive and be much more inspired gardeners. I really loved this discussion with Marvin. There was a reason why I chose it to be our first episode. And I think it really... Uh, it drove a lot of downloads and a lot of conversation within the industry. So those are the six episodes that I wanted to wrap up with in our Greatest Hits Part 2. They were all a lot of fun. Again, I appreciate our guests, our listeners, everybody who's helped make STEM what it is over the past two years. And as we wrap up this final episode for 2019, I hope everybody has a great holiday season with friends and family. And... Uh, Go out there. Get excited about next spring. Believe it or not, a lot of those young plants are going to be hitting your greenhouse anytime now, and it really is time to uh, create a lot of excitement in the world of gardening. And I think that uh, by listening to some of these past episodes, you are going to leave with some inspiration and some ideas. Thanks so much for listening to STEM. Insider Tips? For greenhouse pros and special thanks for helping us surpass 15,500 downloads if you enjoy this podcast please take a minute to recommend it to your peers and coworkers. you can subscribe on any podcast player including itunes google spotify TuneIn, stitcher and more we really appreciate the support i'm bill calkins and you can always reach me by email at bcalkins at ballhort.com that's b-c-a-l-k-i-n-s at b-a-l-l hort.com. Be sure to follow Ball Seed on LinkedIn for tons of B2B content related to STEM topics, timely technical tips, and more. We post just about every day. So let's end this episode with a quote from T.S. Eliot. For last year's words belong to last year's language, and next year's words await another voice. And to make an end is to make a beginning. <laughs>